how to automate your business without blowing your budget, even if you hate computers. So today on the Pollinator Podcast, a man that launched his marketing career by prank calling Fidel Castro and broadcast that all over the world to millions of people. He is a former veteran, a Marine, hurrah, and has now become the Miami marketer. Carlos Vasquez, thank you very much for being here today. What is up, Senor Dukes? It is good to, it is good to see you, sir. Likewise, man. Happy to be here. So we're, we're going to kind of flip the, the, the script a little bit. I'm sure people are going to be anxious to, to, to kind of hear how you even got through to Fidel Castro. But we're in, in this idea of, uh, you know, we got to cut through the, the noise really quick and give some people some value immediately. Uh, you told me to, to write on my magic flip chart back here, this little saying, frustrating, automated. And we're going to, I know you do a lot of stuff around automation inside of, of marketing and marketing funnels and other things like that. But what does this mean? All right. So first of all, everybody does something over and over again on a daily basis to operate their business, operate their lives. And if they could only just find a way to get all that stuff done within a few minutes or so, that adds up. And you could end up saving an hour or two a day by eliminating a lot of these things you manually do over and over again. It gets frustrating if you actually put down how much time you spent on these manual duties and you realize, man, I'm spending so much time on something that I'm wasting so much time on that, that I, 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 my time is better used somewhere else. And that's it. I mean, are you frustrated with that? The fact that you can't do anything with, with, with this time? Well, automate it because we could just take that off your shoulders. Well, I'm definitely a, a huge fan of automation, although I'm not as uh, I'm not as automated as I would uh, like things to be. But Very what do you company. see is as like if somebody's just kind of getting into it and they like they know this stuff is out there, but you have any recommendations on like what are the top three things that people should look at automating first inside their business? All right. So the 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 one that's always the top of mind, the first one, everyone has to have some type of like calendar system to live their life, whether it's for personal, for business use. And if you, I've, I've, and I've gone through it, I've dealt with it my, myself, where you're trying to coordinate a good time and date to meet someone. Hey, how's Tuesday at 3 p.m.? No, I'm sorry, but what about Wednesday at 6? What about Thursday? It, it, it turns out to be this negotiation. It's kind of like an auction. What about Tuesday, 3, 3, 4? What about 4? What about 5? It's like an entire two, three hours or even days spent just to coordinate this one little meeting. And then what happens if they, if they have to get rescheduled? Now it's a total waste of time. So the first thing you can automate is that whole booking appointment process where, yeah. hey, you know what? Send me your calendar or here's my calendar. Just choose a date and time that works for you and we'll just connect. And if for whatever reason you need to cancel or reschedule, just click on a link and we're done. That right there has can save you literally two to three hours a week already just with that one thing. So if you could always send out your link for your calendar, that's the easiest thing you can automate right away, especially if you value your time. <laughs> and I think that's that's definitely become more more prevalent and more common. I know a lot of people were kind of like, oh, like, you know, you need to have that personal touch and stuff. But I'm like, my gosh, you're you're wasting you're probably spending as much time as you're going to spend in the meeting, just trying to get the meeting on the calendar. And then other people are like, Oh, well, I have my, my receptionist or I have my assistant to do that. I'm like, yeah, but what are you, what are you paying them for? Like, yeah, that may be part of their job description, but 
like, all right, have them send a link or have them reach out and still book it inside the calendar because they're going to immediately know everything. And then people get reminders and all these other things. And that's going to save them time on the back end as well. And right. they could be doing other things for you too. All right. So, so calendar booking appointments, like that's, that's low hanging fruit. And there's plenty of different tools out there that can, can do that. And, and, and you know, are relatively inexpensive, certainly less expensive than the, the cost of your time to, to take care of all this stuff. All right. So there's a big one. What's next? All right. So the, the next one is whenever now that you got someone booked in your appointment or, or let's say you accepted payment, there's a process you follow every time you get a new customer. There's like an inboarding, an onboarding process where there's information that you got to send back and forth. How many times have you sent the same thing over and over to get people to, to so you could collect their stuff? If you could just, once that payment is submitted, it can start a new project into the system. So that way you got your deadlines, your due dates already set, pre-configured. So that way your, your receptions or even you, you don't have to do all the things you consistently do over and over again. It can build a, uh, your, all the documents, you get all the forms so you can sign whatever documents. You can automate that entire majority of the onboarding process as much as possible. So that can save you another 30 minutes per client especially if you're doing the same thing over and over again for each person. Now you can make it unique or something where there can be a human element there, but for the most part, there's a bunch of processes that follow as soon as a new customer comes on board. That's another thing you can automate. All right. So I think onboarding is definitely, definitely key. And you know, for, for some people, like certainly if you're going through a high throughput, like attorneys, right? Like they may be bringing on dozens of, of new clients and they're going to have a long life cycle with that. But that, that whole onboarding process is going to be um, certainly kind of, uh, kind of arduous. But like you say, it's, it's basically the same process every time. So booking appointments, calendar type stuff, uh, client onboarding, low-hanging fruit. What else? All right. One more. Now, now there's, a, there's a saying in, in, in my space where just because you can automate it doesn't mean you should. However, there's automation is not meant to replace the human touch. It's meant to facilitate that human touch. Mm. So you, you don't want to use automation to, to replace your, your interaction to the point where you want to make the person feel like you care. You want to remind them who you are. And then if they engage, then your human interaction should start. So for example, what, what I like to do is I like to keep track of like birthdays, anniversaries, um, things that are unique to most people with a special, special, special day. Hey, this is the first day we started working together. Hey, this is the first day we met, whatever. Like there's something, to, there's something unique about that relationship that you want to keep track of. And there's ways where you can automate an outreach, an email. Hey, funny thing is I'm looking at the calendar and I remember that today was your anniversary. Happy anniversary. You didn't send that out manually, but because you put it into the CRM, the system knew to automatically email or message them. Now, there's there's some safeties that you could put in place where if, if, if you're no longer in contact with that relationship or they, let's say they did give divorce, you, you can get like alerts up front. So that way you can either stop something from going out or having your team re review it. But it's, it, it's designed for you to continuously stay top of mind, remind that person that you're still thinking of them without you having to do it manually every single time. And if you have like dozens of customers, that can be very tiring, but you don't want all of them, you know, you don't want to miss one, if, especially if it's a great relationship. So automating that personal touch as much as possible until you actually need to send the message 
that's another thing you can automate to stay top of mind and, and keep your customers happy. Yeah. And when, when you say that, I mean, that's again, one of those things that traditionally a lot of people would have, you know, their assistance for, or, you know, they, they're already putting those things in a calendar and, and, you know, and now even in our, our social profiles like Facebook or, or LinkedIn, you know, I find myself a lot of times, you know, checking those, but, you know, you kind of have to be selective because all of a sudden it's like, all right, you've got eight people with birthdays today and like, all right, do I, do I really know that, that person? Will they recognize it coming from me? And, you know, there's usually one or two that, that, that I might try to send that out. But I, I love this concept of not replacing the human touch because I think that's a big mistake that a lot of people make. Like, and, and a lot of people get turned off by that when it seems like it's this personal touch, but then all of a sudden they realize that, oh, this was just some automated thing. Like, you know, like the, the, link, the LinkedIn bots are terrible for like sending out connection requests. Cause like um, on my LinkedIn, you know, I added stuff to my last name and there's like some other things. I put the sales farmer in there, that kind of stuff. And so whenever I get one of those messages, it's like, Hey, Will no. Duke, sales farmer, MBA. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. And it, it is just like, yeah, delete you know, immediately, right? And so, but coming at it with that framework of, all right, I'm not, I'm not replacing, I'm not being disingenuous with automation, but I am using it to facilitate and kind of open up those opportunities again. That can be a, a big one. Now, all of the, the definitely these last two things kind of relate back to having some kind of system that can work through those processes and, and can actually automate those processes. But before we get to that, let's backtrack a little bit because I, I have never heard this story. Uh, actually, I just, just learned it uh, today. So, so, you know, coming, coming out of the, the Marine Corps, I know you, you had told me that you got a job with this radio station and we're doing, you know, kind of dipping your toes into to digital marketing and building websites and, and all that kind of stuff. So, but but how did you get on the phone with Fidel Castro? Funny thing is, that we, we've been friends for quite some time, and I can't believe you haven't heard this story. But, man. All right. So I, I will tell you this. Um, I joined the Marines in 1999, and um, I knew I wanted to be in the military. I was in a Boy Scouts. I was in a marching band. So military background was always a part of my life. Um, because of my drum instructor, he was a Marine. Um, he motivated me. And because of him, I, Marine Corps was the one I selected. So I did my first uh, four years in the Marine Corps, and in 2003, I left, and I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with my life. Now that I completed, I was honorably discharged. I didn't know what I was going to do, and I, I didn't want to just get a job right away because it, it, it wasn't that easy of a transition. So in the, in the interim, what I ended up doing was I volunteered to do the morning show website. I had two good friends of mine. They worked in radio, um, 95.7, uh, El Sol 95 at the time. And I did, uh, I, I volunteered to do the website. I said, Hey guys, look, um, I will do the website back then. The internet wasn't really, it was a thing, but not a thing like it is obviously right now. And I said, I'll do it for free. I'll do your website. Besides, you know, I can get the experience and I, I love to help you guys out. I was already used to waking up early in the morning. It was a morning show. It was a good fit and we're good friends. So one of the things that we were known for in the show was prank calling a bunch of people. Uh, we would, People would submit their, their information of the target, the victim. And I built a form on the site so that way we could capture the name, the phone number, give us details about the call. So that way we can make the call as authentic as possible. So we went ahead and said, you know what, let's kick it up a notch. And we decided let's go political. And we went ahead and, and prank called the president of Argentina, which was pretty cool. Um, we got through and it was, it was 
cool results. Hey, we got through to a, some type of uh, official government ahead. How, how but, but just back up, just, I mean, just, you know, for my own edification, like how, I mean, that doesn't sound like it's something easy to do. And maybe that's just because we live in the U.S. And well, like, at the time it was at the time it was because, you, you know, there's at the time there's like yellow pages. There's there's phone numbers that are up there public, you know, that you can access. You can access the city hall. You can if you if you sound urgent enough, they will move you up the chain of command and transfer you upwards. And that's exactly what we did. So all the way to the president of Argentina, all the way to the president of Argentina. We print, we want, we're all the way to him and it was good to go. All right. But not big. It wasn't, it was cool, but not cool enough. So we said, let's go ahead and, and, and prank call Hugo Chavez, the late Hugo Chavez from Venezuela. And we sure as hell, we got, we got through to him the same process, same concept. But what we did was we made sure to record the call, obviously, but we went, we went ahead and we cut up bits from his voice to use it for the ultimate call, which was prank calling uh, late, the, the late dictator Fidel Castro. And remember at, at, at 2003, they were in cahoots. They were like best buds. Yeah. So we went ahead and we said, okay, we're going to use the audio sounds from Hugo Chavez's call. And we're going to play this whole role that he's on the other line, like a three-way call. And we left a, a briefcase. He left a, a, a sensitive briefcase on his way back and we need to get it back. So it was a pretty urgent call. It sounded urgent. And you don't want to be the person in the chain of command to not transfer a call, especially if the this, if if this subject matter is sensitive. God knows what happens. Well, they moved us up. They moved us up. They moved us up. Finally, we got all the way to Fidel Castro. And we just we were too excited. We didn't know. We couldn't believe that we got to that point. And, and then eventually he gave us a very colorful name. And me being the internet, the internet geek that I am, I bought that name. And I bought the, the dot com, right? And if you didn't get to hear the call on the radio, because this call was announced all over BBC, CNN, Fox, everywhere. It didn't matter where, where you were in the political spectrum. This call was around the world. And we told everyone to go to the website that I bought if you wanted to hear the call. If you didn't get to hear the call on the radio, you could hear the call online. And I built this first funnel, my first funnel ever, where if you wanted to hear the call, you put your name and email, email address into the system. And because of that, I ended up building my first email list of over 250,000 email addresses. And from that point on, this little volunteer gig, the station said, okay, Carlos, um, we need to monetize these emails. Well, you're going to go ahead and help us build these lists, send out the emails because we're going to make some more, some more money. I really wish I would have known how much they were making because I probably would have asked for a lot more money. But um, it was cool because it was a hobby that turned into a paid gig. And then that's where my whole digital marketing career took off because now I have this credibility of being a part of a big, uh, a big campaign. Um, uh, these larger companies like Coca-Cola, Universal, Disney, they approached us and I was the one responsible for, for building those campaigns. And then you fast forward to 2015. Now the technology became very affordable for businesses of all sizes yeah. to do exactly the same thing. And I was already in the front of the, you know, in front of the space and it was just a natural fit. And, and basically I was responsible for, I'm, even to this day, I'm responsible for building these campaigns, these automations. So that way, no matter how big you are, you, you get to deliver the same type of experience for a, a customer, no matter what. And, and that's it. I mean, that's the story of how it all started by mistake. And all right. So what, what is the, the website? We'll make sure we put it in the show notes. But uh, what, is, what is the website if you want to hear the call? 
Or does it still exist? Well, that, that website, you, you could just go on YouTube and just type in Fidel Castro prank call. Now you'll find it on the YouTubes, okay? But that website, I don't know if I, I mean, it, I don't want to say the name, but because he added the word S-O-N at the end of it, it was no longer a bad word. But it, the bad word was in there, but we, we, it had sewn at the end. And if, if, uh, if, you, if you got to hear the show back then, you'll know. Now the domain is probably still available, but you could go to the Wayback Machine and see the old website so you can check it all out. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So let, let's jump into, into this whole idea of automation uh, a little bit more, because like you said, you know, by, by 2015, maybe a little earlier than that, some of these programs, the, the, the CRM started to come out, you know, Salesforce had come out, but that was still kind of big enterprise yeah. level. And then you had ones that were geared more towards uh, small business. The first one that I ever had was Infusionsoft, but as a lot of people, uh, Nicknamed it. It was Confusion Soft because you pretty much needed to have like a computer programmer or developer. And even though they tried to make a lot of tools, and I, I loved it, but you know it was a it it could be a lot of work to to get in there and to to build those things out. And I still see. I'm actually going through this process with a client right now. That just to your your point, I you know I told him like you know he had the CRMs. Like all right, you've got to build out this onboarding process. But it can be kind of daunting, right? For a, a small business owner, you know, they're they're running around. You know how it is. They they're they're often you know putting out fires with this, that, and the other. And now all of a sudden, taking the time to one learn the back end of this stuff, and then actually put it into place. All the testing and all the you know the bugs, and then they freak out because, oops, we we put some wrong trigger in here, and now it just emailed our entire list you know, something that was, that was not supposed to, to, to go out. So how, I, I guess the question could be like, how, how can we simplify that or kind of get it, get it down into the, the chunks that people could, could actually, you know, take it on one bite at a time, or just what are the most, what are the most common mistakes that you see people making that, that get in their way of, of being successful with some kind of automation? Well, okay. So first of all, yeah, automation, just the idea sounds complicated because you're thinking of, you're thinking super advanced AI, robotic, you know, artificial intelligence, learning machinery. It's not as complicated. There are things that everyone, everyone does. Like, for example, like we talked about earlier, booking an appointment, right? That the fact that people book an appointment, that is, an indicator that they are someone that might potentially do business with you. So that's a trigger. They went ahead, they put their, their information into a system. That information should be added to some type of like nurturing sequence or a welcome sequence. Everyone wants to learn who they're going to do business with because that's going to help them decide if you're the person to do that. One of the tricks that I've done is I want people to feel like they know more about me way before they even get to the point. It's kind of like a little celebrity complex where they've watched some videos of me. They've seen some content about me. They know my Fidel Castro story. Then they, when they actually meet with me, they feel like they're my friend. They're like, oh man, Carlos, that story about Fidel Castro is really cool. Now I've already broken down this barrier of like having to build that rapport because I already get, I already helped them start that off with me. So just just automating the welcome series, your little walk. It could be just like a two-part series. The first email, hey, welcome. My name is Carlos. Here's what you can expect working with me. Here's what we've done, whatever. Second email the following day 
is I have a, a cool little story of how I got into the business and it's my Fidel Castro story. That's it. Keep it simple. And, and that lets people learn more about you. So that way, when they actually meet you, a fun fact, because they watch these videos, the show up rate is a lot higher for me because they don't, they actually want to meet me after that video. And it's not like I, I, I did the video or, or I did the, I did the story one by one manually. I just, I just record a video while I was on a walk doing exercise. And then I just uploaded to Google drive and I did it. So don't try to overcomplicate it. Every time someone meets you, you share something, capitalize on that, record a video and use it as a part of your indoctrination series. And it helps. Um, and, and that's the step. First, first step, introduce people who, to who you are and to your brand. So that way, when they actually meet you, the, the, the rapport is already built without having to do too much work. That's the first one. Um, the second one is uh, um, after the a customer pays you. This is a, a paying customer. You yeah. want them to receive some type of like exciting email from you. Okay. There, uh, one of my friends, he created a, he, he did a video of him holding these little sparklers. Um, and it's just him like this, like excited. After the purchase was made, automatically Nemo gets sent out with him, with, but it's an animated gift, just going like this. And it says, thank you so much. We're so excited you, you put to, for you to place your trust in us. That actually goes a long way because a lot of people don't receive things like that, especially if it's you holding these little sparklers. All right. So that already introduces a whole new level of your customer experience that they're not going to receive anywhere else. Yeah, they may receive it from Amazon, but they're not going to see Steve Bezos holding it up. Right. There's no personal touch. And that's the advantage we have as small businesses or that one on one connection. Yeah. We have different ways to really connect with someone without having to do all this hard work and we can automate these things um, often. So those are two basic ones you can do right away. All right. So do you find it to be you know, fairly common? Like if it, and I know it kind of varies by industry too, but do you find it that most small businesses have like some sort of, of, CRM, you know, customer relationship manager that can perform these automation tasks, or a lot of them still kind of flying by the seat of their pants, or they have a, a lot of different kind of systems that, that do a lot of these things, right? Because you can kind of get, you know, if you have like PayPal invoicing, you can get that confirmation email and maybe customize that. And if you have MailChimp over here, you can kind of create a landing page with that. And the, the booking calendar can kind of do some of, some of those things. Is, is it, I guess the, the real question is more, is it, is it necessary to have kind of like some centralized system that tries to do all these things or, you know, can, can they just kind of cobble together that sort of, of thing? Where, where are maybe kind of those breaking points? How do people get, get started in that? And when do they need something more robust? All right. So I, I guess I will preface this by, by saying, look, you got to be careful because there's marketers out there that will sell you the next best software. All right. You always have to be careful. You're always going to end up in another black hole. There's a black hole after black hole because that's what marketers do. We are here to we already know your pain points. So we're, I say we because I build these campaigns for a lot of businesses. So we already know the pain points and we know the type of words to say to make you feel like this is the software that's going to change your lives. All, uh, the truth is a lot of them do this exactly the same thing. They just run the same principles. They do exactly the same thing. They just probably word it differently or it looks differently. Yeah. If you're already used to something, 
then stick with that. All right. You can start off. Most people that I know use QuickBooks, right? So QuickBooks is how you not only do you manage your books, but this is how a lot of people accept invoices. So let that be the entry point to a lot of the interactions. Once QuickBooks submits information, I mean, once it, once QuickBooks captures the information, you got the customer's info, the email address, everything, you could put it right into uh, uh, MailChimp. And MailChimp could go ahead and start sending out these automated messages. Now, any, any software worth its salt, is you have to pay a fee. If you're going for a free version, it's not going to do much because that's, their, that's, that's how the softwares get you. They want you to feel like, because MailChimp on itself, the free version does not automate. It, it gives you a basic message, but you most likely need to create what's called behavior-driven automations. In other words, not everyone that goes into your list needs to be treated the same exact way as the other person that got on the list. You yeah. want things to stop and start based off of that person's behavior. And there's no free version that I've found that's worth it to, to create that great experience. And when you say behavior, just to, 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 to clarify, that'd be something like, all right, did they actually open this email? Did they click on a link or something like, yep. like that? Did they visit another page on your website or request some other thing? Exactly. All of those little actions that they're, they're taking with inside these softwares can now trigger certain other, other things to, to automatically start to occur. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, because remember everyone, everyone behaves differently and they don't work always at the same pace. They work at their pace, whether because they got distracted or whatever the case is. So the lowest price product that I have found that I, that's actually really good is called active campaign. And it starts at like $9 a month. All right. Now it's 500 contacts at first, which is a great starting point. You don't want to put your entire email list into active campaign. Anyways, you only want to put the people that are actually engaged with you. If you have this massive list of 2,000 people, put it that in a free email blasting software, but the ones that are worth your engagement should only be into the automated software. So yes, opening up an email. If they're not opening an email, if they're not, if they're not opening or clicking on anything, this is letting you know they're not engaged. So you need to scrub that person. And there's software out there that can read this behavior. So that way you can give everyone a tailored experience. When they download, they pay, they visit a page. These are things that are important for you as a business owner to know because you need to know who's hot and who's not. And this is the tools. These are the tools that help you do it. Yeah. So the the one that we use and that I, I've recommended to, to other folks, uh, it's called the Mission Suite. We had uh, one of the founders on an episode a while back kind of talking about that. But I, I love those types of, of softwares where it grows with you. Right. So it's not like you're not paying per seat or anything like that, which is maybe fine for an enterprise level thing, but you know, like a sales force or something, but something that based on the size of your, your list, that you, know, that's the price that you pay. And then once you continue to grow and build that, you're then, making money. Most likely. <laughs> now, yeah, you're, you should hopefully be making more money. Right. So you can afford it and it is creating more value for it. So there's going to be more of a, more of an exchange. One of the things that that comes up a lot, and one of my mentors it was like huge, always talking about this this difference between systems and processes. And a lot of people I find just kind of like use those two things interchangeably. But one of the things that I tell people when they're they're starting to to kind of get into this idea, or you know, I'm I'm kind of like helping out in a in a light fashion to to do those things. Um, you have to separate the two. 
Like the processes are those actions and those sequences of actions that happen regardless of the system. So like you were saying before, onboarding a new client, you have a process for that. Now, it might not be well documented. It might kind of vary in how well it's executed from time to time, but you basically have a sequence of steps that you need to get. And so uh, a lot of people that I've seen, and you kind of mentioned it before, kind of like marketers, you know, talking to these pain points and they say, oh, this can help solve this problem. But a lot of times these softwares aren't defining your processes. You have to define your processes. The software is just the system that holds all of these processes in and, and can automate them, can make them easier, facilitate those processes, kind of like you were saying before. But if you don't have your processes documented and kind of laid out, mapped out on a whiteboard or drawn out or in an outline and something, you know, in a Word document or somewhere, it can be very overwhelming to jump in because now all of a sudden you've invested this money into a, a software program and then you get, and now this was true for me, like, you get kind of amazed and awestruck with like, oh, wow, look at all these things this, this could do right. for me. But then you get in there and like, all right, what am I actually going to have it do? And then, you know, when FusionCoffSoft came out, you know, it was like 250 bucks a month. And I'm like, that, that wasn't even like a slow bleed, right? You know, for a, for a new business that can be, <laughs> yeah. you know, that can be very painful. In a month, and I, I eventually had to, to, to go to something else because I, you know, kind of came to my senses. I'm like, this is my, this is a glorified invoicing system for me right now. <laughs> and, you know, because I got like a couple little sequences in here and I'm, am I getting that value out of it? So, you know, when you're going and, and obviously like people are hiring you because, you know, maybe their business is bigger. They don't have the time. They need somebody that can come and like knows how to do all these things and do it quick and make things happen uh, with that. But how, how much time are you even having to spend with people just kind of getting their processes in line? Or when people are coming to you, are they, do they already have kind of a good idea of what these processes are? And then it's just a matter of kind of programming those into their CRM system. Well, most of the time when, when, people, when people come to me, it's they know they need it. They just don't know how to go about it, right? And, and until they actually like, engage with me and actually pay the invoice they don't take me serious you know what i mean so when they pay they're like okay now i gotta make 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 use of this service that carlos that, that i hired carlos because i know i need this service and now i can actually start holding them accountable because i don't know their business as good as they do so at that point now they're forced to basically break down as if i was going to be their their virtual assistant what a customer process, uh, let's say an onboarding process looks like from beginning all the way to end. And now they start opening up their eyes and realizing the power behind automation. Yeah. So that it's a lot easier, obviously, when they have the processes, but when you've been doing it for such a long time, you kind of just, it's natural. It's kind of like driving. You no longer think about the process of driving. You just drive on your own. But now that you have to teach your child to drive, now you're like, okay, um, I got to I got to, okay, first thing you want to do is check your mirrors, check your, you know, that, there's a whole process that you do so natural. And I, I become like that child now for them. I want you to teach me what your process is. So that way I know what to automate. And then once I have that with my experience, I know what I can automate and what I can't. So that way I can tell them, look, I can, I can take it as far as here, but a human needs to come here to add a note or something. That's, that's something you can't automate, but I can add a bunch of other stuff on there. And, yeah. and, and that's essentially how it is. <clears throat> well, you, you can, you know, you might 
can automate a task or like that notification that comes up to remind somebody to come in here and do this. And then nothing's going to happen if they, they don't, but that's a, you know, I think that's another key point. And so, you know, kind of a big takeaway, I think for, for everybody to get out of this is, you know, if you, if you are frustrated and you want to, to automate it, like, no, it's not going to happen overnight. And there's no system that you can buy that is going to, you know, magically, you know, in a, in a, even in a week or something like that, just come in and learn all the processes in your business and automate them. And even if you go and hire uh, an expert like you that can come in and facilitate the process, do kind of the back end work to build that out, they're still going to have to put in the work to document and explain those processes and say exactly what needs to happen. Right. So that I think if, if people don't take anything else out of this conversation, like they need to, to understand that they have to put in the work to clarify, to explain, to, to document out what those processes are and exactly what needs to happen in those kind of sequences. And then if they, if they do that and they've got more, you know, they got more money than time, then they can hire somebody like you that can go in and build it out for them. Or if they got more time than money, they can get the, the systems at that point and uh, maybe use some tutorials or something like that to go plug those things in. Listen, I haven't met anyone. Like everyone knows, I haven't met any business owner. It doesn't matter how big you are. Everyone knows the value of automating and scaling their processes. Like in, in order for you to grow to that next level, you have no choice but to, to be able to develop a process so you can pass it off to your assistant or whoever's going to take over that role to make sure they do it right and your way, your method, or to, to ensure that you, you can get that five-star review for that, that, that service all right, or that product. There's no way around it. But they're, they're, the moment you sit down and you do that and you take that serious, it becomes so much easier. And in a way, it kind of does become a little addicting because then you start thinking, okay, what else can I automate? What else, what else can I create a process for? Um, there's so many different things that you can do that it, it, get, it could get to the point where you don't always have to depend on manual labor because a lot of the things can be automated. And yeah. it, it, does become, it does become liberating once it's there, but you have to start and... The, uh, another mistake that people make is they try to do everything all at once though. It, you can't force your, you can't force it. You have to do it at what I call chewable chunks that just think about your day. When you get a new customer, what do you normally do? Write it, write down what you always do, what you always do, and just kind of brain dump a bunch of stuff. Then you're going to start seeing, you're going to get more ideas and then just focus on one process at a time, then automate that. Then move on to the next thing, but don't try to do everything all at once. And if you try to learn and implement at the same time, you're going to quickly be overwhelmed right away. So that's, that's, that's another takeaway that I can, I can pass on. And I, I don't see, I don't see many people trying to do it on their own because the moment they try to do it, it, it's kind of like trying to ride a motorcycle and try to make it all the way from Miami, all the way to New York while learning how to ride a motorcycle. It's just, it's a lot of work to try to make it alive up North. Yeah. And so we usually kind of wrap up talking about, you know, how do, how do people not get screwed over or not waste their, their time, money, their resources, kind of, kind of getting things, you know, sometimes falling, uh, you know, falling victim to, to really effective marketing that, that kind of preys on those frustrations and, and everything else. <clears throat> and so I think two of the things that, that, that come out of here, like one, don't go invest in some system thinking that it's going to be magic and, and, you know, kind of have those processes, have a plan 
before you pull the trigger is, is going to be a, a big one um, to, to do that. And, you know, just because something can do these things or has been able to do for, for other people, or they show you great demos or, or things like that, just, I, I guess it just comes back to don't, don't assume that that is going to be an immediate process and that you're not going to have to do any work um, in, in terms of getting that thing up and running and, and understand the time frame that it's going to take to, to do that. What, anything else that you would say, like if they were going to, to, to look for somebody to, to do that or, or look at these different, uh, different systems, you know, what should they keep in mind to, to actually make wise investments in that and not end up just kind of wasting their resources? Well, first thing, first things first, there, you, there's no escaping work. Like every, every business owner, every salesperson has to put in some type of work. And I know a lot of times people want to just hire someone just to just, you know what, just go ahead and do it for me. The problem with that is that that person you're hiring doesn't know what you specifically do. Yeah, they could be in the same industry and they can go ahead and, and, and create, use a, a template from before but there's still something unique about the way your business does stuff that you need to be able to provide to that person. So if you're not willing to be able to be a part of that process, and I'm not talking about just sending a quick little email or this long elaborate email, because then there's going to be questions. There's going to be questions asked, Hey, can you tell me a little bit more about that? And if you're, if you're expecting that you're going to hire someone, even if you spent $50,000 on this entire system, there's no escaping work. We need to make sure, like me, I want to make sure if, if you're paying me 50000 I want this to be the most pristine, perfect machine for you. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to need to ask questions to make it perfect. So if you're not willing to put in the work, that's already setting you, setting you like for failure at that point, right? Now, you don't have to hire someone for $50,000 to get the perfect system. You could always do it in chewable chunks, right? So just... Start with the most basic functionality and then keep adding to that. Eventually, you know, you're going to see what else you can automate, but don't try to get everything all done at once because you're trying to maximize on this sale, on this person that can build all these things for you because then you're going to get nothing done. You're going to end up back at the at square one where you have to do all this work to help that person understand what it is. Okay. And, and the third, I, I like to, I like to believe that people in my industry aren't intentionally trying to screw anyone over. It's just that. We, we try to listen, but if we can't get enough information or we just don't understand, we, we can't, it's any, any industry. I mean, if, you, if, the, if the person providing a service doesn't fully understand what the person wants to achieve, it's going to be very hard. So just make sure that, that you're able to clearly communicate what it is you're trying to accomplish, even if it's just the end result. Look, this is how it starts and this is how I like to end. And then we can fill in the middle parts, but we still have to kind of probe. It's kind of like a doctor trying to diagnose how to solve a specific uh, issue, right? Yeah. So we're trying to figure out how to move them from point A to point B in a way where you're comfortable with. So it's, it's a lot of work, but it's so worth it once it's in there. But you don't have to wait till you build this entire system. Yeah. And so get- just, you know, watch out. <laughs> the, the, the takeaway there would be watch out for anybody that, that tries to tell you that, you know, it is going to be simple or they can do everything for you or they can get it up and running in two weeks. And, you know, all, you know, all your problems are going to, to disappear at that point. Yeah. And, and then the other thing too, just to, just to hit it real quick is you also have to take into to consideration, you know, training for you and your staff. 
because if you've been doing some kind of uh, process manually, and then all of a sudden now you're changing into this system, like it's going to take time for everybody to adjust and, mm -hmm. and you may get some resistance internally from your team as well. Oh, so yeah. make sure that you work that into the, to, to the equation and, and don't just assume that everybody's going to, to love this immediately because we all know some people are a little bit more accepting uh, and adapting to change. Oh yeah. No, that one too well. So Carlos, just to, to, to kind of wrap up, if people want to get up in touch with you or see some of the, the resources and things, maybe hear that, that uh, prank call. What are some ways that they can get in touch with you? Okay. Just keep it simple. Go to miamimarketer.com singular, right? miamimarketer.com. Or you could just do a Google search for Carlos Miami marketer and you'll find me all over the place. All right. Fantastic. Well, I hope that everyone can now take all this great knowledge that Carlos has shared with us and go get your hands dirty, growing something great. Be well. <laughs>